Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Jane, did you know if you say my name really, really fast, it sounds like testicles? Testicles, 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 testicles. Does it? Does a bit. I'm not convinced. This is Esther Coles, this is Esther Coles, this is Esther Coles, this, this is, is Esther Coles, and this is Jane Bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> So what sort of week have you had then, Jane? I've had a good week. I've been to Brighton. Oh, did you go on the beach? We went on the beach and had a little sleep on the beach and also walked along to Rottingdean. Oh. It's a funny name, isn't it? Rottingdean. Mm. And we walked along the seafront and, uh, and it was wild because it was so windy and the waves were crashing over the, uh, the wall onto the pathway so it was like dodgems, dodging the waves, crashing on top of you. And it was very, wow. uh, it was very atmospheric and, um, yeah, it was, you felt like you were really in with the elements. Now, on to more important things, our lovely bees. What's occurring? What, what's the latest? Oh, well, it was very, very dramatic yesterday when I went up. Um, drama? So, uh, you? More, more drama, yes. <laughs> More drama. <laughs> because last week, you know, I dropped the little queen that was in the cage into the book fasts. Yes. Because my instincts were right and there wasn't a queen in there. So they were making their own new queen. Mm-hmm. And, yes. And um, so there was a lot of queen cells. So I dropped that little queen cage in there. And then I thought, well, I'll just leave them to it because they'll choose the right queen. But anyway, when I went up yesterday... I got to the hive and there on the doorstep of the hive was a queen. Oh. And they were like, wouldn't let her in the hive. They were pushing and pulling her. They were pulling her wings. She was dropped on the floor. Then she jumped back up. She was trying to get through the entrance. <laughs> All the guards were saying no. They were stopping her. Get it out. Was, yeah. Not welcome. It, yeah, that's what they're doing. And she was, you know, they were like pulling at her wings. Really? And yeah, and they, they, in the end, they lifted her up. One of them lifted her up and 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 sort of flew off a bit with her, and then she flew into the air. And I thought she's gone. And then she came back. Oh. And then and then she went straight into the hive. Did she? Who was she? I this think... queen. Well, because there was a few queen cells. Oh, so, so she was a queen cell? She wasn't just some random queen that decided to pop in? No, she was one of their queens, but of course they only want one queen. Mm. And we don't know because we didn't open, but the queen that was in that little cage was mated and she was all ready to go. So once they got her out, she could have possibly, if they'd accepted her, she could have just started laying eggs. So then what do they do with these new queens that hatch. Can I just ask you a question? Had you taken (laughs) Queen Mary out of her cage? Well, I just left them to do it. So there was a bit of fondant and they nibbled through it. Oh, what do you mean you left them to do it? 
Well, because before, when I put her into the other hive, inside her cage she had some food. Right. And that was blocking up the entrance of the cage. But also there was a little tiny piece of plastic which was like a door. And that mm. I took that door off when I put her into the book fasts. Oh. And so they would have just nibbled through that fondant, that food, and then she would have come out. Oh. So if they accepted her and she went straight away to lay some eggs, when these queen cells hatched... They wouldn't want those queens. And also, they wouldn't want to fight if they can... You know, if they really were happy with with um, Mary, she was called, that queen mm. in the cage, wasn't she? Yeah. If they were really happy with Mary, they would have just had to get rid of that queen. So they were trying to get rid of her. They right. wouldn't let her back in. Right, because you said sometimes they prefer they're making their own queen. Yeah, but so... It- there was a few queens being made and I thought, oh, I'll let them sort it out. So so maybe one of those queens had gone off, mated in the morning and come back and they were happy with that one and they didn't want any more virgin queens coming back. Right. So maybe, maybe another one of those virgin queens went off and got mated and came back and they didn't want her. They didn't want another one. No. So do you think that it's Mary in there now and they're happy with her? I don't know. We'll find out next week. Somebody's in there, though. They've definitely got a queen. So with the book fast, you know, when they didn't have the queen, how mm. could they have made these queen cells when they didn't have a queen? Where where did the eggs come from? So they, they would have just taken possibly about um, a two or three day old larva that was already there. And then they would have just started to make it into a queen cell and feed it a bit more royal jelly if they could gather that from any of the other little uh, larvae cells that were, you know, on the frame. And then feed it and then they make a queen. Because in the natural world, they they would never be in this situation where they didn't have a queen cell. or, 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 you know, if they're making a new queen to swarm, they'd have a few queen cells. But they've adapted. They've adapted with the beekeeper. Now, there's three different reasons why they make queens. One is they're not happy with the queen. She's not laying the right amount of eggs. Yes. She's too old. Yes, She's I know that one. failing something. Yeah. And that's called a supersedure cell. So they oh. just usually make one or two cells in the middle of the frame and they make a new queen and that's it. Well, we've not mentioned that before. That's what the Italians did straight away when I first got them because again they were a fake lot you know the workers were from Italy the queen was from Scotland they obviously didn't feel it was a right combination so straight away they made these supersedure cells and got rid of the queen oh I love that name supersedure cells that should mm. be the name of a band <laughs> <laughs> it could be couldn't it and then the next reason is they make swarm cells so when the when the box, the box of bees is so full and there's a lots of nectar on the trees or in the flowers, so they've got a nectar flow, then half of the colony will will fly off with the queen and they'll just set up a new home somewhere. You know, in the wild, it would be in a roof or a tree. Or if the beekeeper catches that swarm, they just pop them into another another hive and off they go. Gosh, they're always thinking ahead, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. And then the third type of queen cell, if you just didn't have a queen, but the beekeeper put some eggs into a box with some bees, they would straight away make a new queen out of that. 
and that's called an emergency queen cell. Mm. So the bees just have to make a queen right now because they've just found out that they haven't got one. The beekeeper's taken her out, he's squashed her under a bucket or she's dropped her mm. into a ditch. Right, but there's always <laughs> going to be some eggs there for them to work with. Yeah, and if they've got no eggs mm -hmm. and they've got no larvae, then eventually the, the workers will try their best to make eggs themselves. But don't they always turn into a drone? Yeah, they always turn into a drone and nothing can ever happen, but they still try to turn into little queens themselves. It's so sad. Aww. But they are amazing. Like, even when everything goes wrong, they try to lay eggs, but it can never work. But they can't give up. Mm, it's fascinating. Isn't it? That was all mm. very, very interesting. The three different types of queen cells, Esther. Mm. I like oh, that. Oh, good. We'll have to have a test soon, won't we? See what oh, you remembered. Too hard. <laughs> <laughs> Jane, you know what I've done? What? I've set I've set me um mic up myself and I'm actually on my bed. So when Peter comes on, I thought I might just lie down. Oh yeah, and then say Peter, does it sound like one of your shows? Yeah, that's what I thought. What do you think? <laughs> maybe I should lie down. I know, maybe we both should. I'm gonna move into a different room and lie down. Peter. Here's me sitting up straight like a schmuck, being all professional and everything. <laughs> I could have been just on the sofa. Oh, is there oh, a sofa I... nearby, Peter? Jane, there's not actually at the moment. I'm actually in a an auditory uh, testing booth mm -hmm. in a shed in the back of my garden. Oh, oh, oh that's, yeah. very, that's very professional. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, if you go around look on eBay for ropey old stuff, you come across chemists that are closing down and um, I thought rather than it's a lot cheaper than buying a soundproof booth to record in so um, I bought this thing that you climb into normally when you're getting your hearing tested and oh. I use that yeah it's sort of like upright coffin oh really could you <laughs> could you test my hearing in there then certainly Jane if you make an appointment and we'll uh, take you right through it does have a certain kind of um, well, I don't know sort of medical cryogenic suspension this is it. You will never breathe the fresh air again. Vibe to it. <laughs> but um, it is quiet. That's something. Oh, I don't know whether to lie flat on the bed so I can pretend that I'm in Peter's podcast. Are you lying flat, Jane? Not totally flat. Not, not as flat as I have been in a bunk bed. I, I'm ah. really moved by this fond tribute to the, um, <laughs> you know, speaking position. Uh, and um, I, I'll probably be slightly less relaxed than you two, because I'm sitting upright. No, well, you sound very relaxed. I, I'm trying really hard to sound relaxed, Jane. I'm putting an enormous amount of effort into sounding relaxed at the minute. <laughs> you don't have any access to alcohol, do you? Well, I'm holding two things at once. If uh, if we can let your imagination run riot, uh, a backup Ooh. recorder and uh, my my phone to record this. So unless someone is going to bring me in a saucer of booze <laughs> and just offer it up to my mouth, I'm stuffed, really. I like the idea of a, a saucer of booze. Yeah. You wouldn't get very far, though, just on a saucer, would you? 
No, I, I'd uh, I'd have to say to the waiter, don't go anywhere. You just stay right where you are. You could have a long straw, like a honeybee, a long proboscis, and you could just suck the booze up from the saucer that you could sort of plastic surgery stitch to your face. OK, yes, sir. Well, how, how long have you got? I've, I've only got a limited number of tools here. Um... <laughs> And so, Esther, so it's the, are the male bees then just restricted to um, kind of guard duty, as it were? No, they don't do any guarding. It's all the, the females that do the guarding. And the collecting the um, money. Yeah, they do everything, Peter. The men are the laziest. Oh, really? That's oh, right. Really? the drones. Oh, OK, right. Tell yeah. Peter what they do then, Jane. They see. I'm testing right, now. They mate, so they will go out and they will they will mate the queen bee in the air when she's on her virgin flight, Oof. and um, and then they they don't have don't they just die after they've mated, Esther? Yeah, they just fall down dead, dead from the sky. <laughs> so, so I hope mm. it's a good one. And then they laze about in the hive. Yeah, they have no other function but mating. Really? They just eat loads of honey and they go around the buzz really loudly and then they come back and they just tuck into the honey. They're very greedy mm. and then at the end of this at the end of the autumn, um the the worker bees throw them all out. So none of them are allowed to stay in the hive for the winter. They all get chucked out and if they don't go then they give them a little sting and then they land on the floor and then the wasps eat them. Ah, OK. It, it's uh, it, it's funny because you can draw no analogies at all with uh, human males, can you? Uh, I, there's nothing in the whole story of worker bees that you could anyway relate to. <laughs> when you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. I wanted to ask Esther, so not all drones, obviously, get to mate. No. So their life is just futile. If they don't mate, there's absolutely nothing in it for the drone, is there? Well, they they like honey. They love it. They might have nice personalities, Jim. It's not all about the act itself. <laughs> I know, but they're not enough good enough personality to not be chucked out in the autumn. That's true. And they don't sting. They're kind. You know, they don't sting other bees so they're a bit more friendly and they've got they're bigger they're more fluffy <laughs> they look quite cuddly <laughs> we were talking the other week about um you know it's an ancient thing for beekeepers to tell the bees about their problems and about their lives mm -hmm. and 
they'll sort these issues out for you and that will help them make as well make more honey and you know it's a bit symbiotic the relationship and um i was just thinking what would you tell them peter oh blimey well do you have to get to know them i mean or can you just start gushing about yourself and your <laughs> most private thoughts to the bees um or do you have to start with a bit of like chit chat and um you know, going anywhere nice this year, that sort of stuff. <laughs> because I, I, I think I don't think they might. No, um, is it is it similar to um, you know more perhaps sophisticated animals? Do they pick up on your mood and your tone of voice? Have you found Esther? Hmm. Well, they don't like it if you've got a hangover. They don't like it if you've got. You you smell strong of bananas. Really? Bananas? Really? Yeah, they can't stand bananas. Really? So bananas remind bees of death, really, because when a bee stings somebody, they make a pheromone that the other bees come and they can smell it and then they might sting the person or the bear or the, you know, the badger. And banana... It's got the same scent of, of this this pheromone of, of a, a dying bee. I want to know why you smell strongly of bananas, Esther. <laughs> <laughs> and they don't like anything frizzy, furry, um, hairy, grizzly. Oh. Anything animal-like. What about a dog? They wouldn't like a dog then? Oh, no. What about a smooth-haired dachshund? They might like that. They'll be a bit more accepting, maybe. So would they sting a dog then? Oh, yeah, they'd sting a dog. Mm. They'd sting anything if they thought it was going to ransack their hive. Mm. So, Peter, <laughs> you've been very good already asking Esther questions, but have you got anything, any any sort of burning question about bees that you want to ask our es- expert, our expert Esther? Yes. E- expert. Yes. I wanted to ask you whether this was true because um, I heard that whenever a big hornet came into a bee's uh, nest or hive, mm-hmm. they didn't, they wouldn't kill the hornet, but the workers would form a kind of ball around the hmm. uh, hornet and the temperature at the centre of the ball would rise um, high enough to basically slow cook the hornet and knock the, the mm. hornet out of action. Mm. Yeah, very good. Top Peter. of the class, Peter. Very good. Well, you know. Yeah. Saving the good stuff till now. Um. Mm, yeah, that's good. I, I, that's that's interesting about hornets. Yeah, so they'll do that to a hornet if it comes in, or a wasp. If there's enough of them, and they're not getting overwhelmed, they can manage to do that. But I was saying yesterday, I had to make the entrance a bit smaller on my hive because. As the summer goes on, the the wasp colonies get bigger and bigger Mm. and they start hanging around the hive because they want the the honey and they love the little baby larva. So once the honey flow is finished and the bees aren't going to collect all the nectar from like the lime trees, which has been on this last couple of weeks, you know, if you reduce the entrance that they can protect themselves a bit more from lots of wasps coming in because they can manage one wasp or or two or or three or maybe the odd hornet but they can't manage loads of them but yeah they do boil them alive and they'll they'll even do that to a queen as well that they don't want anymore so if they decided the queen was too old 
um, they'd make a new queen and they'd probably ball her to death. Oh, my goodness. Is that what they call it? Balling yeah. them to death? Yeah, it's called balling. <laughs> balling them to oh death. Oh, my goodness. It's like ball. They ball them, but also, like Peter said, they sort of boil them. Mm. So it's like... <laughs> boil ball. <laughs> so tell us this, Esther, why would a queen not um, quietly abdicate if she got wind of this and just kind of head off somewhere? Because by that time she's lost her mind because she's a slave to the workers doing what they say. I mean, she exudes this amazing pheromone which keeps the colony together, but she's a slave to the colony in a way. They've discovered just recently that the Queen does have some control about when it's time for her to swarm. But it's really, I think it's more of a the workers that know what's happening in the hive. And she's an egg-laying machine, basically. I mean, this time of year, she's laying 2,000 eggs a day. Blimey. Once those eggs have run out, they want a new queen. So, they, yeah, they might ball her to oh, death. Oh, my goodness. So that there's no um, idea of, you know, she provides a constitutional... Um, you know, continuity, you know, a degree of sovereignty in an ever-changing world. <laughs> Her Majesty the Queen Bee. No. No. And she didn't even get a funeral. It's reminded me a little bit of the BBC and Arlene Phillips. Oh. And, and other female presenters who get a bit too old to do the job. They get hmm. bald to death, don't they? Do they? Move on. But, d- no d- longer useful. Do you think that they get they get surrounded by young, vivacious um, female presenters till they die? Yes. <laughs> yes. There, there. Oh, brilliant. I think there. we should call one of our one of our queens Arlene. Have you ever been stung by a bee, Peter? I have. I've had the um, been stung in the ear before. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. He, he, the the bee, um, he or she. She. She, I beg your pardon. Yeah. Oh, so even the solo bumblebees are all female well, as well? The, all the ones that can sting you are female because the male's right. got genitals instead of a sting. Oh, that's a lot of use, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This bee came up to me and rubbed himself on my face. <laughs> Give me the sting any day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's interesting. The um, I I always got the impression that bees, you know, wasps were very aggressive. They would sort of set out to sting you just for the hell of it. Whereas bees, it was as a very last resort they would sting you. Is yeah, that right? Yeah, that's right. So I wonder why that bee stung you in the ear. I think it got frightened because it actually managed to kind of get stuck in my ear. You know, in the folds of my ear. Mm. But it sounds like I've got very str- strange it large ears. sounds like ears. you're an elephant. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, but anyway, how big are they, your ears? Yeah, well, they're not that. Yeah. But uh, it was obviously um, a, a, a snuggly little enclave for this bee who then kind of went, hang on, this this is, this is uh, unless he thought, or beg your pardon, unless she thought I was trying to, you know, trap or, or cup her with my ear. You know, bees aren't mm. going to realise that my ear's just sitting there in a, in a neutral way. So it was the proper <laughs> screaming around the garden and the noise of it buzzing in my ear was uh, mm. something I'll, I'll never forget. Um, so, yeah, they uh-huh. had to... I think I can't remember the name of the stuff. Gentian Violet or something I got put on me as a sort of 
remedy for it, for the sting. Gosh. It didn't, did it affect your hearing at all? No, it didn't go into my ear. It was the outer ear that mm. uh, was stung and, and uh I just and wondered whether it, even with it being the outer ear, whether it kind of, it ballooned. Yeah, it did balloon. It was very, very red and very sore. And uh, I think my mum tried to take the sting out with tweezers and just basically mash the flesh around the sting site. Oh, it sounds horrible. This is the first time I've ever spoken about it publicly. <laughs> so you'll be getting a bill from my therapist. <laughs> what what sort of remedies, you know, like with jellyfish, you wee on yourself to remedy mm. that sting? What would you do for a bee sting? What What's the best I've thing? I've never put anything on it, really. I've just sort of gone, ah, you bugger, like that when I get stung. You know, when you, you were, you know when you were stung, well, you've been stung a couple of times on your private regions. Uh, mm. What Would you have put anything on, <laughs> on, on there? <laughs> God, I'm so laughing. Yeah. When a bee stings you, you see, once a bee has stung you, it leaves a pheromone, a scent, obviously like a banana. Mm. Um, it leaves a scent on you. And then that tells all the other bees to come and sting you. Ooh. Because one, st- one sting alone, you know, would really wouldn't be able to knock a bear out of a tree. So the bee dies, it leaves the sting, that creates like a pheromone. The other bees can all smell it and they all come out then and then they get that bear. So what what can happen sometimes is if you're doing the the inspection or you're taking the honey, you get stung and that's it. Once you've been stung once, sometimes they all start coming at you. Um, And I've been stung a lot on my legs when I've just had, you know, thin trousers on. Um, but yeah, I've I've never actually had to put anything on it really, and when I got stung on my vagina, I just um, quickly pulled my pants down and just tried to pull the bee out of my the forest. Sting. <laughs> pull, pull the, the sting, sting out. out. So yeah. I beg your pardon of of the forest. <laughs> you know. Oh yeah, well, I beg your pardon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I didn't put anything on it. I just went. Oh, flipping it and, you know, ran onto the other side of my bee plot away from the bees. With your pants down? <laughs> <laughs> well, I had to quickly pull my pants down, get the bee out, uh. and then I was stood there with my rubber gloves on. Were you not frightened that other bees would come? Then you had your pants down all exposed. Yeah, well, it was it was the middle of winter, when that happened to me and it was just one random bee that came out, blew up my trousers, stung <laughs> me on the vagina and then that was it. I think none of the other bees got to find that didn't smell the pheromone because it was too cold. So nobody else nobody else came, came to do the yeah. na- nobody, nobody else, you know, followed up. What do you think? Because you said that they didn't like fur, so they would sting a, a dog. Or, or a bear. So do you think because that's a little bit of a furry area, they're more mm. attracted to that area? No, they just thought, flipping out, what is this? <laughs> what is this sore? What? <laughs> well, the forest of Dean. Yeah, well, Men- it was <laughs> winter, Esther. No one can blame you. <laughs> 
Once they got stuck in the bramble of my knickers, <laughs> that was the end of it. They just thought, oh, well, there's no point going back now, and they just stung me. Oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Things have taken a turn for the less than innocent. <laughs> We were talking, Peter, uh, on a previous episode about if you're a bee, what bee would you be? And um, I think I could say bee in any more in a sentence. Um, anyway, um, Esther, what bee do you think Peter would be? Well, he'd be a drone, wouldn't he? All right, then. Because he is a, a male. That's a bit harsh. He's a male. <laughs> <laughs> I've only tried to, tried to chat along. Drone? <laughs> Oh, I know. When I was doing a little bit of um, looking on the internet before, I noticed that on your Wikipedia it said that you were a carpenter. Yeah, not a very, not is a very it, good is one. Is that true? Yeah, it is true. Yeah. Well, I, I was. I used to fit out offices and stuff in the city of London and a few listed buildings when I first came over to London. Yeah, I did that for about seven years. So you could be a carpenter bee. Oh, there's a carpenter bee. Yeah. Oh, hey. how fantastic! Hey. Yeah. What, what distinguishes a carpenter bee? They're black bees and they've almost got blue wings and you see them. I've seen them in the south of France. I saw them once when I went to Italy and they're called carpenter bees. Are they massive? Yeah, they're big, furry. They burrow into hard wood and um, they make their homes there in little holes or in bamboo or sort of hard plants. So, yes, a carpenter bee would be very good for you, Peter. I've seen them. I've yeah, seen them. yeah, I saw them in uh, Siena in Italy um, years ago. That's and right. And I couldn't work out what they were. I thought they were tiny hummingbirds to start with. Wow. You know, around this bush. They, they yeah. really are pretty chunky. But um, yeah. yeah, there were bees. Oh, this, well, they're carpenter bees. Lovely. Oh, that's so lovely, Peter. Yeah. Endless nights underneath starry skies. Every day is summer when you spend it here with me. So when I pulled out a frame yesterday at the hive, there was a whole bit of uh, natural wax that the bees had made themselves and it was in the shape of Bono. Oh, my goodness. The whole Bono with the high heels and everything or just his head? <laughs> I thought it was just his head, but it looked very much like him. It was when he had long hair That's and it was definitely him. Oh. On the wax. And we wondered what it might mean. Does he have long hair now? No. Mm. <laughs> See, I said Esther. Yeah, it was him, though. It was definitely him. But it didn't look more... Because obviously the thing that people would think it would be resembling a, a very famous Galilean who walked the earth <laughs> 2,000 years ago. Um, <laughs> was it? Did you clock him as Bono straight away or did you entertain the idea that the bees have, might have made an effigy of Jesus? She's seen him <laughs> in a potato. Oh, everybody has. I've seen um, Pavarotti in a Bellotti bean. Oh, that was it. But um, this was definitely Bono, and I wondered why, like, I like to take a sign from the bees, like, why was Bono in the hive mm. made of wax? What do you think? Why do you think he was there? I, I think you probably better uh, move most of your income to offshore accounts in the Netherlands, Esther. I think that's <laughs> what they were telling you to do. All right, then, OK. <laughs> <laughs> So I'll call you up whenever I'm feeling down Cos it feels so 
thank you, Peter, for coming on to our show. Oh, bless you. Well, listen, it was a, re- a really effortless bit of fun. I really enjoyed it. So thanks for asking oh, us. Oh, thank you. Yeah, thank really you so great. much. Cheers. Oh. Take care. Thanks, Esther. Bye-bye. Bye, Peter. Bye. 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 Thank you. Night-night, Jane, and I'll see you next week. Night-night, Esther. I love you. love you. See you next week. Big love. Bye. 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 Queen Bees is written and created by Esther Coles and Jane Horrocks. It is produced by Claire Broughton and Andy Goddard and partly recorded at The Hives on my allotment near Crouch End in London. Our title music is Sweet Nothing by Amy Mae Ellis and Will Cookson. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Queen Bees Pod for pictures and videos from The Hive. Queen Bees is a hat-trick podcast. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. This is Roundabout Season 2, and we're back to share more stories from the road and the memories made along the way. We're talking rest stops. If we're stopping to get gas, you will be timed. (laughs) (laughs) You will be (laughs) Misguided plans. I grew up in the city, so I have, like... You know, a healthy fear of real extreme darkness. <laughs> this was like wilderness. A lot of laughs. Y'all weird, but you, <laughs> yeah, you, you were different. Like, you were real different, bro. I can't really put my finger on it. And so much more. Just goes to show that unexpected yeah. things sometimes are the best when it comes to a road trip. Roundabout Season 2, presented by Nissan, is live now with new episodes rolling out every Thursday. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.